0: Attention fans, this is this the, Devil's the Devil's State, State of Mind, Mind podcast. podcast brought to brought you by to the, you hockey the Hockey Podcast Network. Now, now, here's your host, here's your host, host Neil Villapiano. Jack Hughes is an all star, and the New Jersey Devils are playing unreal right now. What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant, Neil Villapiano, and a welcome to another much anticipated episode of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sportswire Radio, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you're having a Fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys so much, as always, for taking time out of your day to check this episode out. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. It means so much to me how much support I get for the podcast, not just by you guys listening, but also on social media and, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the live watch alongs I do on THPN's YouTube channel everything and even just running into people at games that know who I am and are supporters of the podcast It just it means a lot to me so as always guys thank you so much for all of your support and everything that you guys do for this podcast this podcast episode and everything we do here at the hockey podcast network are sponsored as always by our wonderful friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook by the time you guys listen to this episode The college football playoff national championship game, Georgia, TCU, will be Monday night, this upcoming Monday night, and it's for all the marbles, national championship, as I just mentioned, and with a major game like that, with so many exciting, absolutely exciting NHL, especially Devils games, coming up in the next couple of weeks, and the NBA going on and so much more. DraftKings, as always, is giving you guys unbelievable opportunities to cash in on huge, huge cash prizes. So if you want to get yourself a little bit of extra cash to kick off the new year of 2023, I got a deal for you. You go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now. You sign up. You use our promo code THPN. And as always, tell them that your boy, Neil Villapiano, sent you And once again. A big thank you and shout out to our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring this podcast episode, the Devil State of Mind Podcast, as well as the Hockey Podcast Network. First and foremost, guys, I want to thank everybody for just <clears throat> continually, continually being patient with me about you know the lack of consistent episodes. I know that uh, you know, either I haven't posted as many episodes as I normally do each week, and sometimes they don't even come out on the day that I normally do, Mondays and Thursdays, um, you know, with the holidays wrapping up. And I actually had a delayed Christmas Eve uh, this past weekend. Um, it has been definitely a struggle to be as consistent as I normally am. But fortunately for me, now all the holiday stuff is over and done with. So now we are back to our regularly scheduled programming here on the Devil's State of My podcast. So as I just mentioned before, talking about DraftKings, this episode will come out on Monday, January 9th, 2023. So you guys are probably listening to this now. So there you go. But yes, we are back to a regularly scheduled program. And I do appreciate all of the support and just understanding of everything. Now, with that being, with that, with that being out of the way, what a week for the New Jersey Devils. Um The tale of multiple emotions, I would say. Um, And some of that does include uh, my own doing, and we will talk about it. And here's what we're going to talk about. We have a long, action-packed episode for you today on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. First and foremost, we have a major superstar on our team being awarded the opportunity to go play once again in the All-Star Game. Most of you already know who that is, but we will talk about it. Then, our next three segments will be recapping the Devils game last week against the Detroit Red Wings, then the game against the St. Louis Blues, and then the ultimate thriller and roller coaster of emotions that was Saturday afternoon's game at home against the New York Rangers. Once we are done with those games... Then we will obviously, like we normally do, we will look ahead to what is this week going to be coming up for the New Jersey Devils. And then we're also going to be talking about, we're going to be recapping the how the prospects did at the 2023 World Junior Championships. I told you guys that I was going to have a recap for that, so I did. I also wanted to look at three prospects that didn't play in the World Juniors, but are also certainly making some noise in our farm system. And finally, and for the first time in a long time, we have a Utica Comets, Adirondack Thunder, and Metropolitan Riveters update. So as you can see, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on this edition of the Devil State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So let's kick things off with arguably the biggest news of this past week. And granted, there were a handful of different big news things, but I think the thing that, that you could definitely say was the most talked about this week is the fact that during the game or just before the game against the St. Louis blues, the national hockey league announced its first 32 all-stars and not surprising at all. Jack Hughes was named as the devil's recipient at the 2023 NHL all-star game in sunrise, Florida. This is his second consecutive all-star game. Appearance. So that is obviously fantastic. I do kind of like this formula where the NHL is trying to get at least one player from every team in the NHL to be at the all-star game. I think that's great. And I understand how it could be a little bit unfair because some guys might get, you know, screwed because of the lack of openings and things like that. Um, but still, I think this is the most fair system. The other thing the NHL announced that same time is that beginning on that day against the Blues until January 17th, you, the fans that you are that are listening to this podcast episode, have the opportunity to select the final 12 All-Stars, two skaters, and one goalie from each division, Metropolitan, Atlantic, Central, and Pacific, um, and that will round out the 44 players headed Two that weekend in Sunrise, Florida. And there are four guys, in my opinion, and I think it would be fair to say from the devil's perspective, that are the most available when it comes to voting for them to get into the all-star game as well to join Jack Hughes. And that is Nico Heischer, Jesper Brett, Dougie Hamilton, and Vitek Vanacek. So again, in each division, you are given three spots. Two skaters, whether that's forward... Bunch of forwards, bunch of defensemen, um, you know, whatever, and one goalie, and you can vote for them up to 10 times a day per 24 hours. So the second that you're done with that day, you have 20, you know, you will not be allowed to vote again until 24 hours is up. So my advice to you, Devils fans, if you want to see guys like Nico, Brad, Duggan, potentially Vitek Vanacek representing the New Jersey Devils at the All Star game along, with superstar Jack Hughes. Make sure to vote every single day, NHL.com slash vote. So, yeah, congratulations is always to Jack Hughes on being named to his second, second consecutive All-Star game. And I said this last year when he was voted in for his first, this is going to be just another of the many All-Star games that the only 21-year-old still has to go in his what should be very long and obviously continuous, successful career in the National Hockey League and with the New Jersey Devils. So once again, Jack Hughes named to his second consecutive All-Star Game as he will represent the New Jersey Devils at you know, in Sunrise, Florida. So now it is time to recap the last three Devils games that have happened this past week, and we will start with the game back on January 5th against the Detroit Red Wings. So the Devils were coming into this game looking for their first win of the calendar year, 2023. This was also going to be the final matchup of the season series against the Detroit Red Wings. And if you remember, you know, the opening, the home opener debacle, and then, you know, to kind of want to be the first, you know, in a situation where, um, you know, we were just about ready to begin the 13 game winning streak. We took on the Detroit Red Wings. So a little bit of interesting history with the Red Wings In this season, and this was going to be the final matchup. Also, interestingly enough, this game was on TNT, so I will definitely say this, and I'm sure a lot of Devils fans would agree that this is without a doubt the most I've seen the Devils on national TV in a season in quite some time. This going into this game, it was the fifth game for the Devils on national television. They came into the matchup two and two on national TV, so clearly, the Devils looking to try to move to a plus 500 record. Or over 500 record um, on national TV, and also some interesting news coming into the game. Nico Heischer came into the game dealing with an injured hand from a block shot that he suffered in the over. Oh, excuse me, the shootout loss to the Hurricanes back on Sunday. Also, some pretty big, awesome news: Michael McLeod playing in his 200th career game, which is uh, phenomenal. And look, let me just get this out of the way very quickly because obviously there have been some mixed feelings about Michael McLeod and it really doesn't have to do anything with regards to his play and what he contributes to the team. It has clearly to do with what happened this past off season with the situation with hockey cannon. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I would highly recommend that you go check it out because it is very, very important and very serious. Um, Regardless of that, I really, you know, again, all the evidence has not been brought to our attention. So it's kind of one of those situations where you just have to kind of see where it goes. But I, I said this before and I'll say it again, if the evidence against Michael McLeod is true, then the devils would have gotten rid of him a long time ago. But considering all the factors that are on the table, at least for right now, and I don't want to say anybody's guilty or anything like that, or is lying or whatever, um, you know, we're just in a very difficult spot. So, you know, whether you are, you know, okay, you know, not worrying about the situation or whatever the case may be. This is just where we're at right now. But when you look at it from just the hockey perspective, it is tremendous for Michael McLeod to reach 200 career games. Not a lot of people in NHL history can say they got a chance to play 200 games because, again, when you look at the the longevity of the average hockey player, they don't even get close to 200 games. So for Michael McLeod to be one of, you know, just, uh, I mean, it's not its not really a handful, but just one of now a bunch of guys that have reached 200 career games I think is uh, very impressive. So, congratulations to Michael McLeod on reaching 200 career games. That is an awesome feat. So now let's get into the game um that we are talking about. So it was really a quiet first period. Both teams with some decent chances, but at the end, there were no goals. And second period, as the Devils have started to get back to uh, they really picked things up offensively. And it was very similar to the game against the Hurricanes on Sunday. Very, very similar. Uh, just a little under halfway through the second period, the Devils got their first power play, and they wasted no time, just a couple seconds in. Dougie Hamilton, with a beautiful slap shot from the top of the point, beats Ville Husso and gives the Devils a one nothing lead. And also with that goal, Dougie Hamilton became um, moved into fifth place Uh, when it came to defensemen for goals since 2012-2013 with 124. So clearly, Dougie Hamilton for the past now decade has been one of the best offensive defensemen in the NHL. So that is a pretty remarkable feat, no doubt about it. And then we go with a little bit under four minutes to play the period. The Devils got a chance to go back to the power play. And once again, they wasted very little time because... The birthday boy himself, our captain Nico Heischer, getting getting his 17th goal of the year, deflected a Dougie Hamilton shot again from the point and gave the Devils the two nothing lead. And you knew it was gonna be you knew it was gonna be a perfect situation when Nico, on his birthday, got himself a goal. It's his second goal on his birthday in his career. So for him to have a couple in his career is uh, definitely remarkable. To say the least. And that was the score after two after two periods. So the Devils up to nothing, pretty much in really good position. Now it was about going into the third period and really just locking it down, as I say. And they exploded. And I mean exploded offensively in the third period. It started with Alexander Holtz after a really good save from Ville Huso feeding a streaking, wide-open Michael McLeod, who just tapped it into the empty net to get his fourth of the year to make it 3-0, and again, you know everything's going right for the Devils when, on another special night, this time for Michael McLeod, 200th career NHL game, he gets himself a goal again, just his fourth of the year, and then five minutes later, Miles Wood, as the Devils coming into the offensive zone, feeds a streaking Alexander Holtz with a little bit of a toe drag, he snipes one top shelf past Villay-Husso and in to make it 4 nothing, and For Alexander Holtz, that also gave him his first career multi-point game. And it was a beautiful, beautiful goal for Alexander Holtz. Just his third goal of the year. But that is by far so far in his young career, his most impressive goal. And again, he played on the fourth line with Wood and Michael McLeod, and he was able to have this much success. So it's nice to see that Holtz is starting to get it going a little bit more offensively, maybe starting to get a little bit more comfortable. You could see that Lindy Ruff is starting to give him more minutes. I think this is important for a young player like Alexander Holtz with the expectations that he has. So that is absolutely massive that he was able to get that goal. It was a beautiful one. And most importantly, makes it for nothing. But the Devils kept going just seven minutes later. Eric Cala feeds Hughes, who's all alone in the slot, and he kind of, you know, did a couple stick taps, you know, left and right, and he was able to tuck one under Ville Huso's arm and in to get his 22nd of the year after some impressive deeks, and the Devils just pouring it on. At that point, the fans in, in Detroit were leaving. That was clearly over. That made it five to nothing. So at that point in the game, with about five minutes to go, you're looking at it and you're saying to yourself, Well, the only thing left to do is to win the game. And, you know, again, you don't say it while it's going on, but the Devils were trying to preserve a shutout for Vitek Vanacek. And leave it to Brendan Smith, who has uh, obviously taken a lot of very uh, dumb penalties over the course of the season, takes a tripping penalty with just about, you know, a little less than three minutes to go in the game. And unfortunately, on said power play for the Red Wings, they did score. Um, I believe it was uh, Lucas Raymond that scored on a two on one. VTech really, there wasn't much he could do, and he finished exactly two minutes away from a shutout. So that was definitely the one minus from what was pretty much a almost perfect game. As the Devils came away with a five to one win over the Detroit Red Wings, and at this point in the season, the Devils have outscored their opponents in an impressive. 46 to 27 in the third period. And this was prior to the games against St. Louis and the Rangers. Just want to make that clear so that nobody jumps on me later on. Just wanted to, yeah, but the Devils win 5 to 1, move their record to 24 11 and 3. Good for 51 points at the time. Second place in the Metro, five points behind Carolina for first, and three points again at the time ahead of the Rangers and the Washington Capitals. The Devils um, move to being 15-6-1 when they score first, and their impressive road record continues to be impressive as they are now 14-2-1 on the road. And considering that the next five games coming up, starting this upcoming week, are on the road, Devils fans should be pretty confident and hopeful that the road record continues to get more impressive. And the Devils also now have an outstanding 23 and 3 record when Nico Heesha records at least a point. So uh, which is now actually 24 and 3 when he records a point. It's pretty remarkable that uh you know, we see what Jack Hughes is able to do. But then for Nico Heisher to have this type of record when he gets at least a point in the game, uh, I, I think shows how much value that Nico has as well to the team. So overall, one of the more perfect games other than, yes, the, the goal given up at the end there for Detroit. Otherwise, a dominant win. And you feel pretty good, especially knowing that this was going to be the first of a back-to-back, which Devils fly right up right from Detroit back home to take on Uh, Another central opponent, and this time in the St. Louis Blues the very next night. And so let's look at that game. And prior to the game, leading up to the game, hours before, a lot of news ended up, you know, going through, and there was a lot of just waiting around, and we'll get to that in just a minute. So, Devils came into this game looking for back-to-back wins for the first time since December 3rd and 6th versus the Flyers and Blackhawks. That was after the Devils lost to the Nashville Predators. So, as you can see, that's how rough the uh, the month of December really was for this Devils team. Uh, they're also facing a depleted Blues team, which was without Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly. And also Tori Krug as well. All these guys on IR. Teresik O'Reilly out for several more weeks. But even though the Blues were depleted, they went into the game only three points out of a playoff spot. So they're still doing a pretty good job of being competitive and giving themselves a chance to get into the playoffs, especially with these main guys out. So clearly the Devils couldn't take the Blues lightly. The biggest news coming out of this game was earlier in the day before it was made public, Andre Pilat was taken off of IR and we were all waiting around and we finally got confirmation about two hours before puck drop that Andre Pilat would finally return to the lineup from the injured reserve list for his first game since October 24th. And I think now that was when for me, at least I sat back and I said, wow, look at how far we've come and look how much, the, how far the season has gone since Pilat was playing, I mean, he wasn't even here when we had the 13-game winning streak and all that stuff. And he wasn't even playing when we were having the abysmal month of December. And so now you look at this team, you look at the position that we're in, and you can't help but be excited. You cannot help. The other thing that was interesting was that, and we found this out via the um, the Utica Comets morning skate, that Akira Sh- uh, Schmid was not at the morning skate and that, uh sources had confirmed that he was getting called up. So in that moment, we're sitting around for hours wondering to ourselves, what is going on? Why is Schmidt coming up? Then you know, we're going through all scenarios, you know, the worst case scenario, best case scenario, all that stuff. And we ended up finding out that the reason that Akira Schmidt was called up was because Blackwood uh, actually got injured in morning skate prior to the game against Detroit after a shot, a puck hit his hand. And so the devil's... Um, who were actually supposed to start Blackwood against Detroit, um, decided to keep him out for that game and kept him out of this game for precautionary reasons. Uh, With Polak coming back into the lineup, Tice Thompson uh, gets sent back down to Utica. And Akira Schmidt did indeed get the start for the Devils in this one. So a lot of good, a lot of excitement you know, I felt very confident the Devils were going to win this game and especially knowing that the next two games coming up the Rangers in Carolina this would be a really good opportunity for them to go into the games with momentum, with confidence and get themselves rolling over a little bit. And the Devils, I'll just say overall, another one of these games they outshot and in many degrees outplayed the Blues, but again, things at times were just not going the way and it started in the first period Jordan Cairo got a step on Dougie Hamilton in the offensive zone. Pavel Buchnevich just kind of turning around, just firing the puck at the net, and just a perfect deflection from Jordan Cairo gets the Blues on the board first, making it one to nothing. That's what it was after the first period. And then the Devils were able to get two goals, thanks to, of course, Jack Hughes getting goals 23 and 24 on the year, continuing to show. And again, this was only minutes. After it was made official that Jack Hughes was named an all-star for the second straight year, he gets himself two goals, another multi-goal game for Jack Hughes. And at that moment, about you know 15 minutes, about five minutes to go in the second period, doubles up 2-1, to one, and I'm thinking, okay, we got control of this game, we're going to find a way to win. And then again... Backing up too much defensively, allowing too much space for the Blues. Ivan Barbashev gets just his sixth goal of the year. It was an impressive one. Top shelf, far side, beating Akira Schmidt to tie the game up at two. And that's where things stood going into the third period. And then the Blues jumped on the Devils right away in the third period. Brandon saw about two and a half minutes in. You know, got some open space again. Went through the legs of Schmidt to give the Blues the lead back. Robert Thomas would add another goal later on from a sharp angle it was a nice shot on the power play and that made it four to two. So in that moment with about a little more than 10 minutes to go in the game, you're thinking, well, maybe this isn't going to be the devil's night and to give the devil's credit where credit is due. They did fight back and they were able to get a power play goal deflection from Nico. He adding himself uh, another goal. Um, with 7.51 to go. And then the Devils really kicked it into high gear. But hats off to Jordan Bennington, who just made some tremendous saves, just not allowing the Devils to get that next goal to tie it. Robert Thomas would get his second of the game on an empty netter. And the Devils would drop a game that they should have won at home by the final score of 5-3. to three. And that moved the Devils' losing streak at the time at home two, eight games in a row. And so that's really frustrating. And it felt, it feels like 2020 again, where, you know, if you remember in the 2021 season where there were no fans, we would be terrible at home, but we'd go on the road and we'd be a lot better. And you look at the win loss record between how we play at home this year and how we play on the road this year. It's, it's exactly the same. It's so strange to me how, we struggle so much at home. I I really don't get why that is. Um, But yeah, really, really frustrating loss against the blues team that we should have beaten. Um, You let that game slip away. Um, Akira Schmidt was sent down after that game because, you know, Blackwood is fine, but overall a really disappointing loss. And it definitely doesn't give you a whole lot of momentum, a whole lot of confidence either going into the next game, which is, the one that you've all been waiting for, for me to talk about. And that is Saturday afternoon's game against the New York Rangers. So let me set the, let me set the scene for you. Third or fourth meetings between the rivals, Devils and Rangers have had some exciting games this year with both teams having multi-goal leads, coughing them up and ultimately losing the game. Another big thing, Teams separated by one point going into this game for second place in the Metropolitan Division. Rangers, Capitals, all these teams below us have been playing really well, even up until this point. And the Devils still just kind of going up and down, more down than up. Um, So clearly there was a sense of urgency going into this. Also, this would be the last, this is the last uh, home game for the Devils until January 22nd because as as I mentioned before, the Devils will be going on a pretty long road trip that we'll talk about in a little bit. So clearly a lot going on, going into this game. And if the Devils felt a sense of urgency, they didn't show it because just 94 seconds in, former Devil and a man who just got himself a contract extension with the New York Rangers, Jimmy Vc, scoring 94 seconds into the game. To make it one nothing, and so at right then and there, you're already feeling like this is probably not going to go well today. This does not feel like a game that the Devils uh, are ready to play. Let's put it that way. So again, not ideal, but the Devils, as they've been doing for a bunch, you know, really, really push the envelope. They tried to get themselves going offensively. A lot of the shots, to be quite honest with you, were just going right into the chest of Shesterkin. Um, and at the end of the day, Shesterk made 19 saves in the first period. And despite the Devils outshooting the Rangers 19 to 9, as I've mentioned before, the Devils, um, excuse me, the Rangers just took advantage of one really big opportunity and uh, they ended up scoring on it. Which, as all of you Devils fans uh, know, this is uh, what we've gotten used to. So you go to the second period, and again. Rangers not wasting a whole lot of time. Julian Gauthier was able to knock a puck in on a rebound, driving the net past Vitek Vanacek just three and a half minutes into the second, and it's 2-0 Rangers. So now the hill is even bigger to climb. And considering that the Devils were down by multiple goals against St. Louis, and granted that was in the third period, you know, you're thinking again, especially with the lack of depth scoring that we we haven't been getting for the most part up until this point, It feels like a two-goal lead is just insurmountable. The doubles continue to push. And then, and I don't know if this just was a coincidence or not, but Lindy Ruff then moved Alexander Holtz up to the same line as Jack Hughes seconds after he does that. Barkley Goodrow makes a terrible pass. Jack Hughes intercepts it. You know, he's able to split the two defenders, go top shelf, beating glove side, getting his 25th of the year and getting the Devils on the board making it two to one. So once again, Jack Hughes basically carrying the team, trying to get him back in this one. So it's two to one and you're thinking, okay, Devils finally have some momentum. And then only about two and a half minutes later, the Devils coughed it right back up because Chris Kreider standing all alone on the right side, looking for a rebound, was able to get one. He beats vtech Vanichek and the Rangers grab the three to one lead. And that's where things stood after two periods. And this is where the game changed, because let me explain. You guys know, if you follow me on social, as well as this podcast, you know I'm passionate. You know, there are times where, you know, I jump the gun. I react a little bit, you know, unfair, ridiculous, things like that. And I will, you know, apologize for I will always admit that I was wrong. And this was another one of those situations, because... Right as the second period ended, I put this out on social. I said, this team just continues to be the same story year in and year out. System is a joke. Jack Hughes carries this team with very little support. And we outshoot our opponents on a nightly basis and lose games because we don't know how to take advantage of chances. And then I said, to finish the point, it's really just embarrassing how consistently poor we are at doing basic things for a whole season. So when I originally put that out there, I had jokingly said, boy, wouldn't it be hilarious if, if like the Devils just came out and completely shut me up? And there were a bunch of you right in that moment that were clearly agreeing with me and clearly talking about your frustration. Understandably so. It's it's at the end of two periods. We're down by multiple goals. Jack Hughes is the only one that's basically done anything in this game. Why would any of us think that anything's going to change because there isn't enough evidence, at least in the last month, and change and for several seasons prior that this was going to change. Well, either the Devils just happened to see this and used it as bulletin board material, or something happened because the second the third period began, the Devils turned up the intensity and created more chances, a lot more. And they roared. And I mean, roared back into life. And Jesper Bratt, who, you know, he's gotten himself a couple of multi-goal games, but not scoring consistently enough, was able to get his 15th of the year when he sniped it right up against the boards on the left side, beating Sturkin top shelf. And it went, it hit the top part of the net inside and came out. So it happened so fast that nobody really reacted that much that he had scored except Bratt. Which, I mean, for some guys, they just know immediately when they score. And sure enough, it was a good goal, and the Devils were able to cut the deficit to one with 11.32 to go. So at that point, you're down by one with more than half the period to go. So, So now things are starting to get really, really interesting, and the Devils just kicked it into another gear. And you could see that the Rangers were just playing back. They weren't really being that aggressive. I think that they were really hoping for an opportunity where the Devils would just, you know, push a little bit too much, create an odd man rush the other way, and the Rangers would take advantage. But the Devils just didn't allow that. And just two minutes later, off of a blocked shot, Mercer takes a shot, it gets blocked, and It perfectly goes to Jack Hughes, who snipes it just past Igor Shostarkin, and the Devils have come back from down two to tie the game up with a little bit less than nine minutes to go in this one. But the best part about that goal is that he turned to the fans, grabbed the NJ Devils logo. You know, he just was grabbing it, throwing it around, and it was great because after the game, Jack Hughes said, just wanted to show a little jersey, try to get the... The crowd pumped up and that was kind of one of those like videos, those video clips that you will save and you will have for forever. Because it was one of those things where you in that moment, you feel like, you know, the crowds in it, you're pumped up, everything like that. And that was phenomenal. Devils continue to push, couldn't get anything else. your Sterkin. And so the game had to go to overtime. And look, I mean, obviously we had the disappointment of coming back and fighting against the Hurricanes and ended up only coming away with one point. So I was looking at it like, no, we got to win this game. We have to finish the comeback. We have to go from there. And things were intense even right then and there because Mika Zibanecet had not one but two great opportunities, one of them being a breakaway that he could have scored on that could have ended the game right then and there. And both times I actually thought uh, he's just going to score, but he ended up missing the net on both opportunities. So the Devils got lucky. And then just at about the halfway point of the overtime period, Rangers coming the other way, Alexei Lafreniere trying to get into the zone and trying to get more into the slot. He ends up running into Igor uh, Sharagovic. They just collide. It was a pretty big hit from Sharagovic, and all of a sudden it creates a two-on-one coming the other way. David Severson coming up three-quarters of the length of the ice, and I'm thinking the whole time he's going to look to pass it Or if he shoots it, he's going to sail it over the net like we've seen before. But David Severson did not miss at all as he sniped one far side beating Shisterkin. And the Devils come all the way back and beat the Rangers in overtime by the score of 4-3. to And I have not jumped up and went crazy in a while as much as I did after David Severson scored. That was Unreal that the Devils came back and eventually scored three unanswered goals and got the win in overtime. Phenomenal, emotional victory. You could see the frustration and the disappointment from the Rangers fans and the players, and it's one of those wins where you are hoping with how much emotion I was into it, knowing that this is the last home game for a while, knowing everything like that, You're hoping that this is the thing that really gets this team back to where we were when we were the 13-game winning streak in November. And you could see some similarities. The Devils had nearly 50 shots on goal in this game. They really dominated in almost every single aspect of this game. And fortunately for them, they ended up getting the win anyway, which is really, really important. It was a massive turn of emotions and things like that. The best part for me, the most fun part for me, was all the people on either Twitter or Instagram responding to the tweet that I had mentioned I had put out after the second period and everybody roasting us. I think what was also funny is that the New Jersey Devils themselves made a post that said, some of you owe us an apology. And I responded in big, bold letters, I'm sorry. Most people I responded to, I said, I plead the fifth. It was just, it was, it was all fun. It was all fun. And it was just one of those things where... You just get your mouth shut. But it, you'd rather look like a fool in that situation than be right, obviously. But phenomenal game. Absolutely phenomenal win by this team. Devils improved to 25-12-3 and on the year. And you know what's crazy is that, again, we're still not halfway through the season. We will reach the halfway point after the game on Tuesday this upcoming week against Carolina. And ideally, we'd love to be able to get to 26 wins. Remember, the Devils had 27 wins last year. They're already two wins away from reaching last year's total. And we're still not even halfway through the schedule. Devils now at 53 points, still in second place in the Metropolitan Division uh, as a whole. And with the Capitals winning on Sunday afternoon, they end up now moving into third place. They are now only one point behind us in the standings. And because the Hurricanes have lost each of the last two games, one in regulation off that phenomenal goaltending performance from UC Saros of Nashville, and then losing an overtime slash shootout in their last game, the Devils have gained a point on Carolina. They are four points behind them for first place, knowing that the next game is against the Carolina Hurricanes in Carolina. The Devils also improved to a 2 0 1 record against the Rangers this year. So they've gotten five of possible six points against our Hudson River rivals. And uh, the Devils will play the Rangers in about two months from now. Uh, And that game will also be at home. This was also the Devils' final game this year in the Reverse Retro 2.0 jerseys. The Devils finished with an impressive 3-1-0 record in those jerseys. So it's kind of interesting how we have a jersey that actually finishes with a pretty impressive record. And then you look at so far, the the year 2023, first month, we are 3-1-1, one one, earning 7 of a possible 10 points. So you can see that in many ways, we're starting to get back to the level that we were playing at back in November. And this is a really good time to get back to it. And I want to talk about Jack Hughes because I've said so many different words to describe Jack Hughes, but the one that I keep going back to that is the most true about him is that he is a superstar. It's not he's becoming a superstar or he will eventually be a superstar. It is no Jack Hughes is a superstar and if you look at the last five, six, seven games, he has played better than any other player in the National Hockey League. He all of a sudden has jumped into the heart trophy conversation with how much his play has elevated over this long stretch here. And here's all the things that he's got himself going for right now. He's currently on a five-game goal streak, which in that whole instance is eight goals and two assists, career high for him. He has scored 18 goals in the last 20 games. Ever since December 30th, which isn't that long ago, but still, Hughes leads the NHL with eight goals, 10 points, 40 individual scoring chances four and 19 individual high danger chances. Clearly Jack Hughes in the last week and change has been the best player in the NHL. If you remember, we had the hashtag for a period of time. Jesper Brett is the best player in the NHL. I think we got to start saying Jack Hughes is the best player in the NHL. And we have some pretty good evidence of that. Some other things here, Jack Hughes, 28 points in his last 28 games. He's currently at 26 goals, 23 assists for 49 points, eight goals in his last five games I mentioned before, currently on pace to score 53 goals and also on pace to become the first Devils player in franchise history to reach hundred or more points. He is on pace for 101 points on this season. So if that just, all of that doesn't scream superstar, I don't know what is, but Jack Hughes, you know, he isn't the captain of the team, but he is definitely the on-ice leader of this team. When he goes, the rest of the team goes, and you can see what happens when he gets going. You can see how the rest of the team goes. He has been unreal in this tear. I'm hoping that the NHL decides to name him one of the stars of the week, which would be tremendous because he has been unreal this past week, man. And, if it, and it's funny because – um there's an Instagram account called devil's goal a day where basically this guy posts a random devil's goal, sometimes not random, but most of the time it's random of a devil's goal. And yesterday or on Sunday, he posted the goal that Travis Zajac scored um, to beat the Florida Panthers, which ended up giving us the second best odds in the NHL entry draft going into 2019. And that allowed us to then, win the lottery, and select Jack Hughes. So I think we got to give some royalties in some degree to Travis Zajac every time Jack Hughes does something phenomenal because he is a superstar and a half, Jack Hughes is, and he's showing why he's an all-star. It's just phenomenal. Looking at the Devils, here's some other interesting uh, facts. 25 wins after 40 games from the start of this season is the third most, ranks third most in franchise history. So that is tremendous. Just the devils continuing to do things we have not seen this organization do in a long time. And again, I really didn't know what it, what was gonna what I was gonna say had we lost the game against the Rangers. I don't know. It was gonna it, it's definitely interesting sitting here talking about it now and everything. It, and my attitude would have been a lot different. So now let's quickly look ahead to this upcoming week and what's to come over the next couple of weeks. Devils now get ready for. Like I mentioned before, a big-time clash Tuesday night, ESPN Plus, against the Carolina Hurricanes in Carolina. So clearly going to be a big-time game against our Metropolitan Division foes. Uh, You know, Hurricanes, you know, they're not on that major winning streak anymore, but still playing good hockey. Max Pacioretty finally back, making, you know, now officially playing with the Hurricanes. So the Hurricanes are a little bit healthier. Devils playing a little bit. Devils um, just a little bit uh, healthier and obviously playing better. So this is going to be a big matchup and a big start to a road trip. And after this, the Devils will then go to the West Coast and take on the Kings, the Ducks, the Sharks, the Kraken. They are going to take on all these teams and a lot of games upcoming The Devils can definitely win, especially with how dominant we've been on the road so far this year. So this could be a big opportunity for the devils to uh, get some wins, get a lot of points and really just get right back in the conversation of not just top playoff contender, but, you know, obviously, you know, giving themselves a chance to compete long-term in the Stanley cup playoffs. So overall guys, a very up and down, mostly up week for the devils and it's only going to get more exciting and More intense moving forward because, again, after the game against Carolina, we will officially reach the halfway point of the season. And we'll see where the Devils are after the game against Carolina. But what a win and what a way to end the week for the New Jersey Devils. The NFL playoff picture is locked in. And my go-to place for wild card round action is King Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Silly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good. Why bet the NFL playoffs anywhere else? And when you look at all the opportunities out there with so many exciting games coming up this upcoming week, there's just no better place with how easy it is and how convenient it is to place really awesome bets and cash in on huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So now let's talk about the Devil's prospects at the World Junior Championships. It has been a long time since I've done a prospect update. And also in this segment, I want to talk about three other prospects that have really stood out to me. So let's start with the guys at the World Junior Championships with, I'll mention it here, Canada led by the unbelievable, and I mean unbelievable Connor Bedard won themselves the gold medal again. And I'll tell you this right now: uh whoever ends up getting Connor Bedard is gonna be one thrilled franchise. And I'll say it just from the Devils' perspective, like, you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm not worried about not getting Connor Bedard because I'm excited about the Devils finally being in a position where we could finally get back into the playoffs and really take the next step as a franchise. But whoever's going to get Connor Bedard, man, kid's unreal. I mean, even his first game back in juniors, he ended up scoring like four goals and two assists. Like this kid is unreal, and he at one point was averaging one point six five goals per period. That was how much he was dominating the World Junior Championships. Uh, but Canada won the. Um, they won the. They won the gold medal. Uh, Czechia ended up winning silver, and the United States ended up winning bronze. So let's look at the four players that played for their countries representing the devil. So we'll start with Topias Villan, who played for Finland in five-game played. No goals, one assist, one point. They were knocked out after the group stage, you know, the, the, the very next round, quarterfinals. Peter Hauser, who had himself a very impressive uh, World uh, WJC, helping Czechia reach the gold medal game. He played in seven games, three goals, one assist for four points, and as I just mentioned, won a silver medal. So that is pretty impressive for a guy who was a late-round pick uh, for the Devils this past draft. And then we have the top two guys that everybody wants to talk about. We'll start with Simone Metz, being the captain of Team Slovakia, one of two players uh, from Devils organization that were captains of their country, he had himself a really, really awesome World Junior Championships. Uh, he elevated this game so much. They had that he had one goal, four assists for five points in five games. And I remember after uh, the loss to Canada, uh, which um, you know cost him a chance to get uh, to get himself a, a, a medal, um, he was so upset but he still found a way in full gear to talk to reporters in multiple languages and be that mature. And I think that that's what makes it even more exciting the way he plays, the way he acts. It just makes me particularly so excited to see him in the NHL. And funny enough, when it comes to like, do I have a favorite prospect? He probably right now is my favorite prospect. And that's not enough on the guy that we're going to talk about right now in Luke Hughes. Obviously he was the guy that we were all keeping our eye on tremendous tournament for him he definitely had some some bad moments defensively and i think he still needs to work on his defensive game but overall a really good tournament for him four goals one assist five points he was the captain of team usa which is tremendous and he helped the united states at least get a medal they ended up getting a bronze so the devil's prospects walk away with two different medals obviously would have been great to see Uh, At least one get the gold medal, but still to get some medals anyway is tremendous. And I think overall, a really good showing from those four prospects at the World Juniors. And that shows you, again, the future of not just the NHL, but certainly of the New Jersey Devils. So with that now out of the way, I want to talk about these three other prospects that are really standing out to me right now. Josh Millman, we've talked about this guy before, Arseny Grzyak, and Graham Clark, who I personally I'm a big fan of. So we are start with Josh Tillman, who was the double sixth round pick this past year. Currently right now, 24 goals, 14 assists for 38 points this season for the swift current Broncos of the WHL. He is currently projected to actually finish with 45 to 50 goals. They gave like a range uh, on the season if he continues to play the way he's been playing. So he's in position to have a tremendous year. He has made some pretty big headlines in the Western Hockey League. He's an alternate captain, with the swift current Broncos. And he has really played well over these last couple of weeks. And so I wanted to give credit where credit is due. This guy, again, we've talked about him before. Arseny Grzyk, Devils 2019 fifth-round pick. He is still not signed. He has nine goals, 19 assists for 28 points for avant Omsk of the KHL. He got off to a slow start this year. But over the last couple of weeks, and even funny enough, earlier tonight, I'm recording this on Sunday, earlier tonight, he had himself, uh, or, or earlier today, he had himself another really, really nice goal. So he is once again playing well. And again, you hope that there's the chance the Devils can uh, can can sign him. Um, but considering he just signed another contract with Avengard, I don't know. He might just run out of his eligibility. I don't know if this is the last year to try to sign him. I'm sure the Devils have, are trying to. Um, and we'll see. But he continues to play very, very well. And then Graham Clark um who at one point played for the Ottawa 67s uh he also was teammates with um Kevin Ball we had a handful of guys at one point that were playing just for the the uh Ottawa 67s uh he's the devils 2019 third round pick. Interestingly enough, he also has yet to be signed to a contract, but he just might be one of those guys that maybe he has to go somewhere else to get a chance to play in the NHL, but he's had a really good season in Utica for the Comets: 12 goals, 16 assists for 28 points. He was actually named not too long ago, the AHL player of the week uh, on December 27th, where in that previous week, he scored four goals and added two assists for six points. So he has played very well as of late so I wanted to also shout out these three guys who are making some major contributions for their team and currently and, and definitely keep giving uh the Devils fans something to uh look at and it's it's fun for me to look at prospects and see where they're going and see the future of this team because you never know who's going to end up being the guys that help this team long term so it's very exciting So last but not least, and for the first time in a while, a long while, we have a Utica Comets, Adirondack Thunder, and Metropolitan Riveters updates for you. So we'll start with the Utica Comets, who had a phenomenal past week as they went 3-0-1 in the four games they played, improving their record to 17-9-6 on the year, which they got off to a really slow start to begin the year. But now that they've gotten a lot of guys acclimated and obviously some new guys playing well, they're starting to click. Currently have 40 points and have moved up to fourth place overall in the Eastern Conference. They have three games this upcoming week. They're at home versus the Cleveland Monsters on Wednesday. Then they're at Providence to take on the Bruins on Friday. And then they're in Bridgeport, Connecticut, taking on the – I forgot the name of the team off the top of my head all of a sudden – blanky but anyway it's the islanders affiliate bridgeport tigers uh on saturday so let's see if the uh let's see if the comments can repeat uh what they did last week with this upcoming week now we'll shift to the Adirondack Thunder not as great of a week for them they finished the week 1-0 and two so for them they were actually able to get uh a decent amount of points if you really think about it um over the week they moved their record to 10 15-6 and six on the year, 26 points, 12th place in the Eastern Conference. So they're still towards the bottom of the um, ECHL. So it's not great. Um, and you're hoping uh, that they can continue to improve as the season goes along. But uh, we'll, we'll see where things go with that. But it's nice to see that recently over the last like month, they've been able to get uh, a handful of really, really impressive wins, especially at home. And then we have the Metropolitan Riveters who were off for a very long time due to the winter break and all that stuff. They haven't played a game since December 17th, and they played on Sunday afternoon uh at home at the American Dream Mall. And they got, for lack of a better term, crushed as they got blown out, losing to the Connecticut Whale by the score of six to nothing, as that drops their record now to 4-8-0 on the year. They are tied for fifth place overall in the in the PHF with. Montreal at 11 points they have two games this upcoming weekend which there is a very good possibility that your boy will get a chance to be at one of those games both these games are at home at the American Dream Mall against the Minnesota Whitecaps so let's see if the Riveters can get themselves some wins here in the early goings of the calendar year 2023 and get themselves moving in the standing so that is your Utica Comments, Adirondack Thunder, and Metropolitan Riveters updates. And so, as you can see, guys, action packed episode. If you stayed till the end, thank you so much, as always. And I haven't done this in a while, but I'll do it now. Make sure to also follow us on social media at Devil State, Instagram at Devil State of Mind. And if you have a Facebook, why don't you drop a like on Facebook as well for us, Devil State of Mind podcast. And again, we are back to a regular schedule, Monday, Mondays and Thursdays. This episode will be out Monday, the 9th of January. And that'll get you guys going for what should be another action-packed week for your new Jersey Devils.